But I found that through Christ, that's where the, the true freedom and the true liberty is. And every one of us came here with something we can do. And, and my only hope is just to maximize it. Holy are the peacemakers. I mean, that gives it a whole new perspective. You know, this is the way to progress on the covenant path. Hello and welcome to Latter-day Profiles. We're here at the LDS Motion Picture Studio in Provo, Utah. And joining me today is Daniel and Catherine Blomberg. Welcome. It's good to have you here. Thank you. It's Thank good you. to be here. They are the co-founders of Blomberg Music Productions and have a great story to tell. And thanks for sharing, by the way. I asked Daniel to give me some background and it was awesome. I appreciate all the insights. But uh, let's do talk a little bit about your background. First, let's give people a nutshell uh, of what Blomberg Music is so they have an idea before we get into your background. So um, we started off mostly with music production. Daniel's an amazing um, arranger and producer, and he helps people achieve their vision. But we also then realized there's a lot of need, and, and so he took his past coaching skills to start doing some business coaching to help musicians actually know how to get more eyeballs and mm. get their music actually producing money for them, oh, as yeah, well yeah. as just being something like they like doing. Oh yeah, so a way to make it, make it actually turn into a business where they can yeah. you know, live on it. Well, Dan, you're from Sweden and your background, as you uh, shared your background, so you were way into music. In fact, as a young child into youth and kind of had your own rock band kind of thing, something like that. So uh, what, was, what was it like for you growing up uh, heavily involved in music? Oh, um, Sweden's a great place to be a, a musician. There, there's music everywhere. Uh, I think we have more choir, more choir singing per capita than mm. anywhere else in the world or something like that. So it was a great place to grow up, and uh, I always just wanted to, to follow that path. And uh, now we do, but it, it was quite a, quite a journey to get there. Mm. What are some of the experiences you had growing up? I know you say you were on television, and you did have, you wrote some music, mostly kind of pop style, I guess. Is that what you did? Yeah, so uh, yeah, my sister and I were on uh, national TV when I was six, and she was 13. And uh, then I had a rock band in high school, and you know, it, in Sweden, it, it's it, it's kind of a normal thing. A lot of people play in bands, and, and doesn't necessarily mean that you're out doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's just a you know a fun way to, fun to pass way the to, time and uh, and music's yeah, a, fun with the music. A, yep, yes, it's a great pastime. Well, Catherine, uh, I don't know about your background, but you two did meet at BYU. Did you have a musical background growing up as well? Um, well, I always enjoyed music, and my dad would encourage me, and so like. We'd go visit my grandparents and be like, here, Catherine, come sing for grandpa or whatever. Um, but we'd, I didn't have a lot of opportunities beyond public school and church. So, mm -hmm. but I took all of those that I could get. So you've pursued that at, at BYU though. That yeah. was your, your, you were in vocal no, performance? I did, I did my, I had music minor. Music minor, oh, yeah, and you major, major. What, yeah, what was your major? Uh, family history, genealogy. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a cool combination. Yeah. So you're heavily into music there. So how did you two meet? You met at BYU, and you said it was in the Russian house? Yeah. Foreign Russian. language housing, yeah. Yeah. So how did that come about? Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> I lost my keys, and I went to, you know, I, I couldn't get into my apartment, and I figured, oh, well, I'll go meet the new girls in the, in the women's Russian house while I'm waiting for my roommates to, to come back home. And it was Friday night, so they, they didn't come home, and, and Catherine was alone in her apartment, and, and we got talking, and turned out that... We were both majoring in family history genealogy. Oh, wow. I had a double major in music, and she had a music minor, and 
then my Russian wasn't good enough to keep talking, so we had to go talk outside the apartment. We sat there for several hours, and I went home and told my roommates that I'm going to ask that girl out. <laughs> Obviously, did. How long did you two, two date and, until you were married? I was a good nine, nine and a half months yeah. from yeah. that first meeting until got married, the wedding. Which is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is long by yeah, that's, you. That's a good right? set. It's a, it's a <laughs> lengthy courtship. Uh, so you, are, you went on a mission to Russia, and you yeah. learned a Russian there. And where did you pick up your Russian from? Um, my mission president in Belgium, Brussels, French speaking, um, asked me to come back to Belgium after I had returned from my mission to Sweden to, uh, to help out with the Russian speakers. There were a lot of Russian immigrants in Europe back in you know, the late 90s and early 2000s. Mm. And so I went back there and uh, started studying Russian. And I don't think I was much help in the two months that I was there, mm -hmm. but I did start learning. And then I went to BYU and just felt like I needed to keep studying Russian. And mm -hmm. Thanks to that, yeah, clearly I was in the right place at the right time, right? Store, right? Yeah, no, no coincidence, right? That was the right yeah. place at the right time. Well, you're both very interested in music, and I think you wanted to be involved with that, but there's, you know, the old axiom, uh, you can't make money, you can't make a living in music, right? So yeah. you started looking at other places, you have a family now, you're trying to be responsible. What, what kind of things did you did decide to do at that point? Um, I ended up getting a master's degree in international relations in England. We went back to Europe for that. And, um, and then we moved to Sweden, and I taught school for a year, and then I worked for the Swedish government for a few years. And, um, and then we, we felt that it was time for a change, and I, I, I ended up getting a job in the Middle East, in Jordan. So we, we moved to Amman in 2015, but there was a summer in between there, between Sweden and Jordan, that we spent in Utah. And uh, we, we met a lot of people with big dreams, uh, a lot of really inspiring people, and. Uh, Sometime during that summer, we both started feeling like it's time to get back into music, which was really strange because I just accepted a job um, at a university teaching not music <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and helping them out to you know, start a new university major in leadership and political development. Mm. And, and, and so we went down there, um, not knowing exactly how to apply the revelation we'd received, but I ended up teaching more music than anything else. And, and that, that program never quite got off the ground, and so we stayed for two years, and then it was time to come back. And we, uh, we decided that that job would be our last, and uh, we would work for ourselves after that. And mm. we had lots of ideas of maybe what we could do, and music kind of figured in there, but it was never just straight music, because you know you can't make money making music, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, that, right. That, that, that's the lie that gets propagated, and, and I think we believed. Yeah. So uh, we went back. I started a life coaching business. Um, love helping people in that way, and uh, it's kind of part of our, our philosophy of, of you know you try to consecrate the talents that God has given to you, and and uh, it just made the most sense then. And after a few months, it was as though the Lord was kind of you know knocking me on the head, <laughs> saying, "Hey, haven't we talked about music? <laughs> oh yeah." <laughs> so in this conversation, is Catherine? Uh, I'm sure these are conversations you had together. Uh, and man, you lived in so many places. Was was there a place that you wanted to be in particular, or is it more the drive to follow the the music, kind of follow that kind of pathway, or just work for yourself? So I guess. In yeah. This well, no, actually, it was back on my mission. I had um, kind of had a feeling that I would need to learn some more languages, and that I would be involved somehow, kind of in other countries. Mm. 
And so that was one of the things when we first met and started talking that was just like God nudging me like, this is it, this is what you're looking for. And I knew that if I married him being from Sweden and with my understanding of what the needs in the world, yeah. that I wouldn't be staying in Utah. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was why I left and was willing to, because it was all about what I had felt and committed to. And so that was never a question. The big surprise was when God said, move back to Utah. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? I get to go back to my family? <laughs> like, did I mess up here? <laughs> but he was like, no, this is where I want you. And now I understand why. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking as you're moving in all those different places, raising a family and going to different cultures, had to be a little bit challenging school-wise, language-wise. How was that with your, with your family, with your kids, trying to keep up with everything? Ooh. Catherine homeschooling five children in Jordan. Yeah, that was my first time homeschooling. That was hard. <laughs> and I did not know Arabic. I, I learned enough to tell the taxi driver which way to go. It was so like, I could say, go. Dor yamin shmal and bes, like, that's enough. I'm here, let me out. <laughs> but um, homeschooling was rough. We didn't even have our own yard, so mm. that was me and the kids all the time. No place for recess, yeah. yeah. Right. Indoor, indoor <laughs> recess all the time. Uh, when you talk to your family, you know, you decided to come back to Utah, what did your kids think? Were they excited, ambivalent? What did oh, they think? Out of, go ahead. I think they were excited. They all wanted to go back to normal school, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think out of all of our moves, and there's been many, many of them, I think that's the one that everyone was excited about. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you got back here, and again, you wasn't exactly sure what you were going to do, so I think you some life coaching, uh, trying to involve some music in there. Uh, yeah, tell me about the music uh, where you're trying to get that involved in rewiring people's Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I had a great idea. It, it was funny. We, we, Catherine uh, clicked on a Facebook ad and found this um, business training agency, eSimplified, and um, and she was going to attend a meeting. She's like, Daniel, isn't this, you know, shouldn't you be looking into this? And I'm like, no, I'm already busy applying everything that I'm currently learning. I can't take in more. And they sent her a book and she started reading the book. And I read and, him one paragraph out of it. I was like, you got to hear the way they say this. And, and handed the, the book over. <laughs> and she never got it back. I didn't get it back. <laughs> and I ended up doing a year of training with this company. And, and that was kind of how we got our feet under as entrepreneur-wise oh, yeah. and became extremely passionate about entrepreneurship as a way of serving God and helping other people become their best selves. And, and right around that time, I had this great idea, I felt, that if I could combine music with personal development, then, then we could really you know, do something unique. And that became Rewire Choir. Um, and it was unique. It was unique. It was really cool. <laughs> it was too unique. People didn't understand what it was. Yeah. I mean, there, there was, I remember someone asking, wait, is this a choir or, or is it a personal development program? And I went, yes. <laughs> and, and it was just, you know, the, our pilot group loved it. And I sold one um, membership to my mom in Sweden. She couldn't even come. Um, and, and yeah, that, that was a great business failure. Yeah, well, that's good. Yeah, so we got to look at that, right? Failure turns into success when you just keep going, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh, you took the business class, and probably very helpful because I think one of the challenges uh, I see a lot with you know you're into music, you do music because you love music, but you got to turn that into some way to bring in an income. So how did you you know start to navigate how this is going to work? Yeah, 
as with many things, we try our best. And then the Lord says, okay, now, now I'm going to show you how to really do it. Right? <laughs> and um, I was sitting in a state conference uh, once and I just had this feeling that I needed to contact an old friend from college who ran a recording studio. And uh, his name's Dave Zimmerman. He's the mixing engineer for Gentry and Matt and Svenna Shaw and has worked on a lot of cool projects. He's been doing music full time for you know, 15 plus years. And, um, and in my mind, this is, this is an idea to make some quick cash while I'm trying to figure out what to do with, with what we're supposed to do. And, uh, and within 24 hours of me sending him a message, he sent me a referral back, you, you should meet this guy. And within three weeks, I had five clients and four of them were referrals from Dave. And, and all of a sudden, I realized this is what product market fit feels like. Mm. You know, this is where my talents and skills actually meet a need somewhere. And it was, it, it was easy. It was one message away. And, and so often I feel like the Lord wants us to put forth our efforts and do our best, but he also doesn't want us to think that we did it all on our own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, we need to understand that, that's right. Were you, were you continuing on with your music uh, during this whole time? You kept up on your skills uh, when you're doing your different jobs? Yes, <laughs> I mean, you tell them about church in Sweden and. Oh, well, it was really fun because we were in a tiny branch. Mm -hmm. He was actually the branch president. And so, so we were in Sweden seven years. The first year was in the big city. And then when he got the job <clears throat> with the government, it was out on an island. And when we went there, I was like, this is a mission. This is where God needs us to be. We were the only primary. Um, we were the youngest people besides the primary, <laughs> pretty much. There were in, in and out a couple of young men, young women who like went in and out of activity and mm. stuff, but it was, it was pretty sparse. The numbers were very low. So we did musical numbers almost every month and mm. it was so fun, but because he was so busy with being branch president, we have, didn't have a lot of practice time. And so it would be like, you got a musical number, okay. And then like, life is crazy, I'm trying to take care of my babies and whatever, and it's Sunday and we're like, we haven't practiced. And so, <laughs> okay, we're gonna do this hymn and we're gonna sing it this way and we would go and do it. And we learned to work together really well and read each other. And of course he can just throw out a company's off the top of, accompaniment off the top of his head. So that wasn't a problem at all. Yeah, lots of God-given talent on that one. Keep Jeff on your skills. <laughs> so obviously they started doing that and then you took it even further. So you help people who are trying to learn how to do what you're doing is to actually use your talents in music and actually have, have a life, actually make a living on it. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Blomberg and how it actually came about. Blomberg Music. So how did you actually decide, we're going to do this now? Well, so I would say the first couple of years after that first um, interaction, uh, when Dave Zimmerman and I reconnected, uh, were extremely difficult. Like most mm -hmm. entrepreneurs have that had experience sure. that, you know, something feels right, but you have to build systems. And so it took us that long to, you know, to kind of realize how to apply all the business training, all the books we'd read and all the, all the courses we'd taken and, and kind of breathe life into that for ourselves. And then just after, just after our three-year mark, we'd, we reached a point where we'd had six figures of sales in, you know, in, in one calendar year from January until about mid-July. And, and we realized, wow, you know, this worked. 
we didn't think about music as musicians do. We thought about music as a business. And, and that's the big spoiler alert. Music is a business. It works <laughs> like a business. And business can be enlightened. It gets a bad rap because a lot of people don't use it ideally. Mm. Um, when you think about yourself and your own needs all the time, um, I understand why, because you have a family to feed or you, you know, you've got needs and you've got desires. But, but it's really easy to focus too much on that. But when you turn that outward and, and serve and give and bless and think about others and what they need, then business becomes an enlightened and a beautiful way of serving. And so we took that philosophy of consecration that has been important to us our entire marriage and coupled that with the organizational systems that business brings and, uh, and built an organization that worked for us and that allowed us to do what, what we wanted to do. Mm. And then we had a business coach who challenged us to create a new product. And, and, and we realized that, wow, well, we, this worked for us. Something about the way we think about music and business and, and enlightened service is working for us. Could it work for others? And it was around the same time that we actually had some of, uh, someone approach and reach That's out right. and say, we want, they actually asked for a producer, but what they wanted was some business coaching. Mm. And so Daniel started working with them and we're like, oh yeah, there's definitely a need here. And we felt like that God hadn't given it to us easy. He made us work those couple of years and stuff because we couldn't help other people if it had just been yeah. handed easy over to us. us. Yeah. yeah. So. So at this point, uh, with the company, what's your involvement, Catherine? What do you do? And then let's talk about Daniel. We're, we're rolling what you do. So Catherine, what do you do with the, the company at this point? So. All along, it's been strategic ideas, talking, bounce board, the veto power, like, no, that <laughs> one's not really going to work right idea. now. <laughs> right. So we've, we've approached it the whole way as a partnership, mm. making all the decisions together still that way. I've tried a few different things, but where I am actually homeschooling again, mm. and um, that feels like that needs to be where my focus is. And so we finally landed that I'm about good with five hours a week with the business and with, between like strategizing sessions and meetings with the few part-time employees we have, that pretty much takes up the time that I have to put into the business, but it feels really good. I like mm -hmm. that level of involvement. Yeah. So. That's well for your, the life that you're living right now. So that works mm -hmm. well. So then, then you help out, you do both, you put music together, you help uh, people who are trying to figure out, how to make a living at this and how to get better at it. What are some of the things that people like you've worked with, how have you helped them to, to move forward in their careers? So we, um, we met um, Douglas Pugh, uh, who is a marketer. Um, he, he's a musician. He's got four degrees in music, included, including a PhD in classical composition. But since 2015, he's been working in the marketing field. Mm. And so when we met about a year ago, we decided let's do this business coaching thing together. And so we started um, last fall and, uh, and our clients are starting to see some pretty cool results. We, we helped uh, a lady up in, um, up in Canada double her income from mm -hmm. her music. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's a really fun way. Like we, we work really well together. Um, I feel like a lot of the skills that, that I teach, like the, the, fun, the business systems and the mindset stuff, 
that underpins success uh, becomes more and more valuable the longer you go. But it takes a while for those things to, to show up. Whereas Doug's coaching is very much, you can apply this next week mm. and, and see results. So, so it's good to have the two of them going together because yeah. here's the it long really end well. and here's the more faster end. And so it kind of balances it out. Yeah, mm -hmm. you need both. Yeah. So. Can I say though too, like, yeah. so that's the business coaching side. So there's kind of like three main product lines, I guess. So there's the production, which is what started us. And then because of that, some of the clients that Dave Zimmerman was getting, they really weren't quite studio ready. So he asked Daniel to help with some songwriting coaching, basically. And so that developed the songwriting avenue. And then- So we have a songwriting course now. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the business coaching. But as far as what he and Dave do in the studio, like some of the clients and um, when we were talking amongst each other, we, we like to call it them the dynamic duo or the Daniel and Dave magic and stuff. And Dave's an amazing producer. He like clicks through stuff so fast that even if we've sometimes when someone wants a lower budget, we're like, well, we can try this other studio or whatever. Like we tend to find that the way they work together is the best way. Mm. And Dave's so fast that you yeah. know, it doesn't matter that we charge more. Like it's, it's still it's a better deal. Better deal because you get it done so quickly. Yeah, exactly. but, but they just have this synergy as they work together. And so I think the feedback I've heard from clients, which I can totally relate to with the music I've done with Daniel over the years, is that he is able to sense the vision when they come to him with a song. This is what I want. This is the feeling. And sometimes it can't even describe it completely but he like tunes into what they're going for and he's like well, what about this and is able to pull it out and they come away very satisfied mm. so and i love watching that <laughs> it's a fun process to watch yeah. uh, i know the, the mission the mission of of Blomberg uh, music production is is what exactly i know it has to do with to flood the earth with god's music okay and so the people you work with, obviously you want to work with people who are similar in their goals. They want to flood the world with good music. Not necessarily, it doesn't have to be, you know, quote, Christian music, but just good music yes, that you're trying exactly. to do. Exactly. Yep. Christian music, uplifting music. I mean, we're, we're here to, to make the world a better place, right? Mm -hmm. And that's uplifting music doesn't have to have over, overtly religious lyrics. Just, it just has to be good. It just, just has to spread light. just has to be good. Uh, as you've, you've talked about, it seems like for your whole life, at least, you're probably your whole life, but your whole marriage, at least together, that you've really listened to the direction of the Spirit to try to figure out where to go. Uh, how has it impacted, obviously it's impacted you a lot, but has it directed you through to where you are now as you're looking back over these experiences that you've had? Can I go? So those first couple of years were quite hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anytime we're like, okay, so this is not working and we like question and think, okay, should we do something different? And, and I'm sure most people can relate to times of their life. Did I make the right decision? And you go back through everything and like, I was praying, I felt the spirit and I really don't see how we could have done something differently. And we pray about it again and we still feel, keep going with it. And so, and, and sometimes it's one of us or the other one who's keeping us strong on that. Like we have our answer. We just got to push through the mud to get to the other side. But uh, like there was one time when Daniel was like, I just need to go get another job. And I was like, don't you dare. You can't do that. If we, if you get another job, then this will never happen. Right. So, and I'm not saying it was always that way, but, but it was always going back to prayer and the answers that we've had. And then like, 
Okay, so that was definitely the answer. I have complete faith in that. Is that still the answer? Yes, it's still the answer. All right, we keep going. Hmm. It seems like uh, you really love what you're doing. Uh, Absolutely. I could talk for a long time about, you know, how to really make it happen and, and, and why it works. I believe that, you know, most of the answers are less than $20 away because someone has figured out what you need and systematized it and written a book about it. So if you have a dream, you just need to find the right book or the right coach or the right, you know, and, and, and the next step is available to you. God works in logical ways. He builds systems for us. He built the earth for us to live on. It's all logical. It's all systematized. It's all sequential. I love that conference talk, mm. sequence. And, and if you can find the right sequences, then, then you, can, you can take the next step. And it's not as hard as you think. Especially if you're willing to push through the muddy parts, right? <laughs> Got to get through the tough parts. Have you, have you seen, there's like this meme of two dogs that just went through the mud and it's like, one dog's like, the mud's like right here. He's a big dog. And the other dog is like this little puny dog. And so the mud's like all the way up here. Um, sometimes I felt like I was that puny dog with the mud all the way up here. But, but really it is, you just got to push through it. People want to learn more about Blomberg Music so they can find you online. Blomberg. BlombergMusicProductions.com. Right. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You can check it out. And you can all I've watched you the videos there. You get lots of compliments from your clients. They say you're great. So I I believe them. It sounds like great stuff. They're great too. Yeah. One of the things I just want to put out there, like it's all we call it win, 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 mm. because it's it needs to be a win for us, yes. It needs to be a win for our clients, yes. They're working to serve other people, so it's a win for who they're trying to serve and also our employees. Mm. That sounds like a great formula. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you.